thank you for listening to Let the Right Films In, which is normally your weekly podcast on the IMDb's top 250 movies. However, currently this episode is not that. This is one of our super fun, awesome bonus episodes, and since it is the month of October, we are going to be doing the Blair Witch Project. I just want to apologize to Mike's mom and Josh's mom and my mom. I am so, so sorry because it is my fault because it was my project. I am so scared. Tyler is not sitting in on this episode. I am instead joined by beautiful, terrifying stick figure, Gabe Akins. Hello. And I, of course, am your host, destroyed rock iron, Kayla St. Ange. Uh, how's it going, Gabe? I'm good. I'm, I'm ready to get spooked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we watched the movie last night while drinking tequila, and it was like, midnight when we started so i feel like that was really the best way to watch it <laughs> that's almost exactly how i watched it last night except southern yes. beer <laughs> <laughs> it was oh okay if it if it's more like appropriately seasonal i was drinking cinnamon tequila in apple cider so it was like kind of a fall halloween drink but not really <laughs> <laughs> sure why not <laughs> yay <laughs> yeah all right so the gist of these episodes the bonus episodes is they're allegedly going to be a little bit shorter than our regular episodes we'll be skipping some sections so i'm just gonna go right into the history and some interesting facts about the movie we'll discuss the movie as we normally do and it'll be super fun so uh the blair witch project was released in 1999 it is widely believed to be the first movie that used the internet as a serious marketing tool the actors were actually listed as missing on IMDb for the first year that the movie was in production. And like around the Cannes Film Festival, they had missing posters up. And so basically, um, there was not a lot of ways for them to prove that this wasn't just like a snuff film that they made. And the movie itself was actually a 35-page outline instead of a screenplay. So most of what you see on camera is improvised and or real reactions because the filmmakers were kind of evil and spent eight days basically just torturing three people in the woods. <laughs> uh, the original budget of the movie was around $25,000. Once it got picked up by the studio and they did some reshoots and toyed around with some different endings, it ended up being around like 500000 which I don't know if you know anything about making movies but that's still pretty cheap especially when you consider that internationally the movie made 248 million 639 ish dollar 639,000 ish dollars which is an amazing return on that but yeah so Gabe thoughts on the Blair Witch Project okay so please take the floor <laughs> I, was, I was like oh my god how do I follow that <laughs> i i really enjoy good found footage movies it is one mm. of my favorite genres i think when it's done well it can be very effective and it's interesting since this is basically the start of that in the horror genre and i definitely think that the improv nature of it definitely helped that for sure yeah this is one of the first scary movies i ever saw that like 
legitimately terrified me in a way that was lasting, if that makes sense. The first year that I saw it, I I actually went camping in the mountains in Washington. Bad idea. Like, yeah, like a couple of months after I saw it. So pretty much the whole time, me in the woods was like, oh my god, I just heard a twig snap, I'm gonna die. (laughs) For me, I wasn't so much, like, scared watching it, but after watching it, I was just very unsettled. Yeah. I'm so <laughs> startled. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I It's probably one of my favorite scary movies. And I agree with you about the found footage thing. Like, when found footage is done right, it's really, really good. And I like to think that this is one of those cases. I don't know. This movie is weird because it has, like, a really divided reaction to it. For instance, like, it has a 6.4 on IMDb, which I think is really weird because I have vague memories of when the movie was released, and I kind of remember hearing about it, like, on the news. I I specifically remember reading a newspaper article about it, and my dad being like, don't read that, you're too young to look at that. (laughs) The first time I saw it, actually, was, like, with my dad because it's one of his favorite scary movies and my dad doesn't usually like scary movies but we kind of have that same penchant for more of a psychological horror where you don't see the thing ever right really i think what's scarier about the movie than the blair witch supernatural stuff is just how these three kids like mentally fall apart when things go wrong yeah, I there are some details that I had forgotten about, like when Mike throws, like he admits that he threw the map in the river. <laughs> can, can, can I take a quick 30 seconds on that? Yeah, please. <laughs> Mike is the dumbest motherfucker in all <laughs> of horror movies. Who the fuck throws the map into the river? What purpose does that serve? And he says, oh, I was angry and it wasn't helping us, so I threw it into the river. What What logic is that? Fuck you, Mike. <laughs> we Yeah, okay, so I watched it with Tyler and with my friend Ben and our friend Sydney, and, like, we were all just like, so you can't read the map, so your reaction to not being able to read the map is to throw it in the <laughs> river. Like, why would you do that? In what world? Yeah, so I'm right there with you. I was just like, of all the stupid shit that you guys have done so far, which another thing, like, I understand that it's, like, the evil woods or whatever making them walk in circles, but, like, why do they keep crossing the river? It's the same river. Right. <laughs> like, I, I, like... for, for the podcast, I watched it with my mother last night. And the entire <laughs> time she was just like, why don't you just climb a tree and see what's around? <laughs> <laughs> like, I get that they're in it. Okay. To clarify, because Ben was incredibly distracting throughout the entire movie doing a pseudo riff tracks thing. <laughs> Which, Ben, if you're listening, thanks a lot. <laughs> but uh, he was like, I don't understand why they don't just follow the river. Like, why aren't they just following the river? Which I think and... I think the point is that, which I kind of discussed with my mom last night, is that from, from a, like, mythology of the movie thing, it's that the Blair Witch is keeping them in the woods. Yeah, and we discussed that kind of. I was like, well, one, they're like inexperienced college kids who rented a camera from Rent a Center and like hiked into the woods to find an evil witch or whatever. Rent a really Center, which is a thing in 1994. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, because the yeah, so I just feel like they really didn't know what they were doing. I think they never really intended to go as far into the woods as they did in the first place. And also, I kind of think that Heather's full of shit and didn't actually know how to read the map at all. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that people have such an issue with with the movie is that it, to some people, it's just an hour and a half of people arguing in the woods. But like for me, that's kind of what makes it so scary is like you said, it's just this total like breakdown that these three kids have over the course of, I don't know, like four or five days. And they go from like these like bright eyed, bushy tailed, like we're going to go do this to like ultimately scared, angry, fighting, hungry. And that to me is probably more terrifying than if you're just going to have like a giant monster running after them all the time on camera. Which the thing is, is that it's since it was all since all of the dialogue was improvised, this is somewhat actually happening to these three people and i yeah. i feel like it's very easy when you're sitting on the couch watching the movie be like oh i would do this this and this differently but in all honesty if they if you and i and other co-host tyler hannon were thrown out into the woods the exact <laughs> same thing would happen oh my god we'd <laughs> let's be real we would toss tyler into the river day two yep <laughs> and yeah <laughs> But um, yeah, no, it's interesting that you bring that up. It was pretty much actually happening to them because the film crew was basically just harassing them through the woods for eight days. And I kind of have mixed feelings about that. I talked about it briefly in our Alien podcast. I don't necessarily think that scaring the shit out of your actors to get a real reaction out of them is always the best method, but in some cases it works really well. Case in point, uh, I one of the trivia facts that I read was that there's a point in the movie where they're like, I think it's after their tent is getting shaken or whatever. And they just like run out into the woods, like leave all their stuff, just completely take off in different directions, screaming, freaking out. And, um, Heather at one point just starts screaming like, what the fuck is that? And I guess it was a crew member dressed in white, wearing a ski mask. And they were supposed to get it on camera, but Josh was so afraid that he couldn't, like, focus the camera because he was too, you know, busy running ostensibly for his life. Right. <laughs> and so I just, like, I would love, I, I wish I had had more time to, like, look up interviews with these people because I just really want to know, like, what was going through right. their heads in almost every single scene. Right. From what I understand, it was basically the crew told them, okay, show up here at this time. And then they didn't tell them anything else. Yeah, and good luck. (laughs) I just, yeah. And some of the stuff in there, like, even the stuff that isn't outright, like, them being harassed by crew members, like, those stick figures haunt me. I don't know about you, but, like, every time I think about those stick figures just, like, hanging from the woods, it scares the shit out of me. Right, and then definitely the the stick bundle at the end after Josh goes missing. That yeah. has his hair teeth. and teeth and tongue. <laughs> I just, yeah, I. One of the things I wonder is how you would even manage to stay a semblance of sane when confronted with something like that. Because, like, hearing clacking noises off in the woods is completely different from finding pieces of your friend wrapped in his flannel. And one of the things I think about the movie is that Heather doesn't really get enough credit 
honestly, because everybody says that she's really annoying and, like, it's all her fault and she's the worst. But she ultimately was just a kid who was passionate about a topic and wanted to make a movie about it. And they were all equally stupid. And reminder, Heather did not throw the map in the woods. In the <laughs> <True. river. laughs> that and, was Mike. And to be fair, they all thought that the that all the actors thought the Blair Witch was real. They they right. <laughs> they the film crew when they gave them the outline, all the actors thought that the actual myth was real. I completely forgot about that. And yet, no, oh my god, <laughs> that adds a whole new dimension to the performance, I guess, that I did not even think about before. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess if I was in the woods and all that shit was happening, uh, I would be pretty afraid regardless of whether or not I knew I was filming a movie. Honestly, if I was all, like, if I were all of them, I would be legitimately concerned that I was in a snuff film. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like some cannibal holocaust shit going on. <laughs> but yeah, so... One of the super strengths of the film is the imagery, and I thought it was really funny because as I was researching and reading up on it, I guess one of the early ideas was to have one of those giant, like a giant version of one of those stick figures chase them through the woods. I feel like that would have been horrible and very silly. (laughs) I'm curious as to your opinion on that. This is kind of going to also segue into the viral marketing that they did for it, but... Mm -hmm. Along with that, some of the viral marketing gives more of an explicit supernatural vibe to it, which I do think takes away. It's it. I don't think it would have made it a bad movie. It just would have made it a more generic movie. It's interesting. Yeah. And honestly, last night was the first time I've seen this movie like four times now, I think. And last night was the first time I really understood the connection between the Blair Witch and Rustin Parr because I I've, somehow every time I've seen this I missed the part where he said that like the witch in the forest said she would leave him alone if he murdered all of the children so when you hear something like that and clearly at the end it's kind of implied that the ghost of Rustin Parr is the one that kills both of them because we see Mike standing in the corner and we see all of the handprints from the children on the walls like how like how do you feel about how they're connected and like if do you think they were working together or if it was kind of like a he died and she was like well now your soul is mine kind of scenario the theory that i've seen which i more subscribe to is that when josh has his mental breakdown and runs off that he gets possessed by the blair witch so then at the end, it's Josh who kills the other two. Oh my god. I have actually have never heard that before. That's really interesting. That never occurred to me. I always just kind of thought that whatever spirit or whatever was doing it was just like echo, like mirroring his voice and screaming. <laughs> I never considered <laughs> right. that it could actually be him. Because through a lot of the backstory stuff, uh, it seems like the Blair Witch always works through someone else right so like rustin parr would be the the person oh my god so rustin parr would be the last person that the blair witch kind of possessed to do that i read an interesting theory that said that mary brown maybe had something to do with it or some one person who said that they thought that mary brown actually was the witch because when you see her in the beginning like she's all covered up and like she's clearly crazy right i don't like that as much because I don't know, it seems lazy to yeah. me. <laughs> like, super lazy. 
I think the more you try to explain this movie, which, I mean, it's true of all horror movies, the more you try to explain it, it doesn't really work as well. Yeah. I don't know. See, the thing, like, especially with a movie like this or the other movie I can think of that really kind of puzzles me in the same way that, like, makes me just want to, like, keep revisiting and thinking about it was It Follows, which we talk about on the podcast all the time. (laughs) But, like, so, like, there's something just so frustrating about not knowing (laughs) like where did this come from why is it happening etc and like I know that that's what makes it scary but also there's a part of me that's just like I must find every ounce of trivia on this fake scenario so that I can figure it out in my head and like parse it together which Blair Witch helped because of that extensive viral marketing which do you want to get into that a little bit yeah yeah for sure basically okay so Before the film came out, they had filmed all of these fake interviews with supposed cops and, like, citizens of the town and, like, friends of the filmmakers. And there hadn't really been anything like that before because, okay, so let's all flash back to 1999. Like, maybe we had internet, maybe not. Like, no one had ever really promoted a film like this before. And it wasn't, like, The Blair Witch Project wasn't the first found footage film but it was the first one to be like globally acclaimed and praised for its super originality. And I think a lot of that had to do with the way that they just like really super tried to set it up as, hey, we found these tapes in the woods and here are a bunch of other things from the people surrounding this mystery. And also those people are probably dead. (laughs) And I remember the first time I watched it, I was like... I was even like I knew that it like I knew it was fake in the back of my head but I was kind of like oh my god like maybe this did actually happen who knows (laughs) because like what else have you seen any of these people in ever again and whatnot so like it's it's almost fun to get caught up in a marketing scheme like that in a way to like go through all the background information and read all this mythology and like you know it's made up but it's still super involved in a way I guess if that makes sense Uh, yeah and I I also, when I was reading through, they have an entire backstory of all the Blair Witch incidents. And really, I think if you go and read through all of that and then watch the movie again, it makes some parts much, much creepier. Really? Okay, I will have to, I have not read that, so you're going to have to send that to me. Okay. Because uh, I for, really want to read that. <laughs> for example, there's one part early on when I think they're crossing the river for the first time and there's a splash, and some uh, one of them asks, like, oh, man, what did you drop? And the other one goes, oh, I didn't drop anything. That's way creepier when one of the supposed incidents of the backstory is that, like, back in the 1800s, there was this, like, festival down by the river, and a whole bunch of people saw a hand come out of the river and drag a little girl into it. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, that is a lot creepier. <laughs> I never even thought about that. I just thought that, like, see... For me, like, so much of the movie, I'm just like, oh, like, probably one of the guys dropped something and just didn't want to give Heather the satisfaction of telling her that they dropped it. (laughs) Because, I don't know, I guess, yeah, I will really have to read that because that's really interesting. (laughs) One of the things that I thought was really interesting that they don't really go back to at any point in the movie was that original, like, beaver rock Coffin rock. Coffin rock. Coffin rock. Thank you. (laughs) There you go. Beaver rock. (laughs) Beaver coffin. Same thing. (laughs) But um, yeah. So they read this whole passage about how the hunters like find this ridiculous mangled 
scene of death. And then they never really touch on that again. And I guess what I'm mostly curious about is how the witch interacts with people physically. Because most of what we see is off screen, like scare tactics and like even like the teeth thing we don't really like obviously we don't see that on camera we just hear josh screaming in the background right and it seems like she can interact with the physical world it seems but to the what extent is kind of ambiguous yeah my favorite uh thing that happened yesterday so mary brown's um description of the witch my friend ben kept saying so he's like okay so she's like a levitating sasquatch (laughs) in a dress covered in blue jelly (laughs) like whenever i would get like whenever i would get like really scared or like freaked out i'd just be like just remember floating sasquatch with blue jelly and then later we were talking about it he's like honestly though if you saw that in the woods that would probably still be really scary (laughs) like as silly as it sounds like that would probably still ruin your life a little bit (laughs) we'll have to we'll have to link it uh, a link to an image of this on the Tumblr page, but there was an action figure of the Blair Witch that came out. What? And it was, <laughs> and it is accurately described as if a witch fucked an ant and then gave birth to the Blair Witch. <laughs> okay, why would they make an action figure? <laughs> because money. The tie-in stuff for this movie is so weird. So, like, when I was looking at this, I saw there was a series of, like, young adult novels that were supposedly written by Heather's cousin, which I kind of want to read, but feel like they're probably not very good. And, um, and I would really like to play the video games. Anyway, um, so yeah, so I feel like those graphic novels are probably not that good, but I still kind of want to read them, and I would be really interesting interested to see what a 1999 Blair Witch Project video game looks like. I feel like there must be a playthrough on the internet somewhere. I'm sure there is. And then we don't even need to talk about the second movie. Uh, what second movie? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. I've, I've never heard of a second Blair Witch movie. <laughs> there is no sequel. <laughs> it never happened. But yeah, I'm trying to think. I feel like there's... There's another tie-in thing that I was missing. Video game, action figure, apparently. I want, like, an action figure of Heather with, like, a little camera and, like, her nose runs. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, like, her superpower, nose running. Ah, that is what I wanted to talk about, actually. So, the reactions that the characters have to the things that happen to them are again like we talked about really realistic but one of the most like chilling things in the movie to me is when they realize that they have like they've been walking in the opposite direction all day but they somehow arrive back at the river and heather just like sinks to the ground and starts crying (laughs) just like that sheer hopelessness gets to me every time i watch this and it sucks (laughs) gabe do you have any closing points about the blair witch project i definitely think it's one of the most influential horror movies of the last 20 odd years especially with the whole proliferation of found footage nowadays and then just in horror in general with the with the show less s in a s an effective tactic and i mean it that reaction shot uh before they go into the house and then that final shot are some of the most iconic horror scenes of the last 20 years 
I, yeah, that house, I just want to say, if I came across that house, I would be like, nah, dude. <laughs> sorry, to- sorry, Josh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I found your tongue wrapped up in a piece of flannel. Like, I'm not going in after you. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree with you. I think it's kind of sad because I feel like this has become one of those movies that's so over-parodied that people often will write it off without giving it a chance. And also because the found footage genre is so oversaturated, a lot of people will just kind of like trendily hate on it without ever actually giving it a chance. And that's a shame because I, despite the fact, it's one of those things again where in retrospect, it doesn't seem as special as it was at the time, but I still feel that people should give it a fair chance and watch it. I will also say that if you have seen it without looking at all of the viral marketing stuff definitely go through that and then watch it again because it gives it a lot of added dimension and mythology and backstory to it yeah i super am super excited to read all of that because i am such a sucker for like tie-in mythos stuff (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um so yeah so i believe we both have a trivia for this one i guess you kind of were expanding upon trivia the whole time but um so my favorite thing that i read about this was that all the characters made a pact to stay in character for all eight days of filming which first of all i i just want to touch on that for a second because that is an amazing feat to even consider let alone do especially for super amateur actors who basically were just dropped into the woods with a camera and told to survive <laughs> so i guess in case things got too intense and they really really needed to stop they had a safe word which would cut character and they could all just kind of decompress and the safe word was taco the best safe word which is yeah exactly like if i was gonna have a safe word for anything it would probably definitely be taco <laughs> I did have a trivia. Uh, You mentioned towards the beginning that for part of the promotion for this movie at uh, Cannes Film Festival, they put up uh, missing missing posters for Mm -hmm. the actors. However, they took them down the next day because a producer there was actually kidnapped. What? Yeah, a producer at Cannes was actually kidnapped. Thankfully, he was found a few days later. Okay, good. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's crazy. That sucks. I'm glad that he was safe. That's good. And I'm also I'm also glad that none of the actors from the Blair Witch were actually murdered or dead, to my knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what happens in the non-existent sequel that doesn't exist. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so like I said, bit of a shorter format. Um, we hope that you have enjoyed listening to a movie that is not on the IMDb Top 250. We will hopefully be trying to get a couple more of these up, and they are obviously not all going to be horror movies. We'll have a couple other topical episodes. We're planning one solely about the IMDb. We'll probably do one around Oscar season, etc. So thank you for listening. Uh, Gabe, thank you for being on. You were excellent, as always. Thank you for having me, as always. No no problem. So uh, just a, a reminder, Jurassic World is a terrible movie and always will be. Stay spooky. Stay spooky.
Okay, so I'm recording on my end now, so if you are ready to go, if Tyler would get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Gabe says to leave, you can't hear him, but... Oh. Fuck off, Gabe. Oh, wow, he's really mad. He's really, really offended that you're still in this room. I control how both of you sound. <laughs>